From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB with the national news from the WIA for week commencing January 17, 2016 and the WIA to visit the Westlakes Club. What the WIA does for amateur radio and is seeking through advocacy is to feature at a special meeting at the Westlakes Amateur Radio Club in Taralba, New South Wales. WIA President Phil Waite, VK2ASD, will lead the presentation and then answer questions on Saturday, January the 30th. WIA members and non-WIA members are most welcome to attend. The next meeting of the Homebrew Construction Group will be February the 6th, the first Saturday of the month. Peter Cousins, VK3BFG, will talk on the topic how to get into ATV and what's new. With many years' experience in the field, this presentation should prove interesting to both the ATV practitioner and newcomer alike. It's Saturday, February the 6th, 2pm, Amateur Radio Victoria Rooms, 40G, Victory Boulevard, Ashburton, and all are most welcome, and also at Amateur Radio Victoria Rooms, 40G, Victory Boulevard, Ashburton, training, including an upgrade course in Melbourne. Enrolments are now open for the Foundation Licence Training and Assessments held the weekend of February 13-14. The Standard Licence Bridging Course for those who already have the Foundation Licence is held on six Wednesday evenings starting February the 3rd and ends with revision and assessments on the weekend of March 12 and 13. Attendance on all days is expected for this training that bridges the knowledge gap between Foundation and Standard Licence. To enrol in either, please contact Barry Robinson, Victor Kilo 3, Papa Victor. Telephone number here, 0428 516 And the card will gathering will be taking place from Friday afternoon, September 30, to Monday morning, October 3, at Cardwell Beachcomber Motel and Tourist Park in Queensland. Now this is a very early call to all hams and support crew and anybody interested in taking up the hobby of amateur radio to spend a long weekend in paradise, meeting up with friends old and new, and for the grey nomads to plan ahead to include Cardwell in their travel plans this year. Find out more about the facilities and accommodation options by surfing to cardwellbeachcoma.com.au. The Townsville Amateur Radio Club tarps and communication van and Mops Big Dome will be set up at Site 80. The Townsville Region Hams hope to see you at Cardwell beside the sea. A tribute to retired IARU Region 3 Director Peter Lake, ZL2AZ, who held that role for 10 years, has been paid by its chairman, Gopal VU2GMN. The efforts by Peter Lake, ZL2AZ, included personal representation at the Asia-Pacific Telecommunity and the Royal Amateur Radio Society of Thailand. Jason, later, as he checks the international ham scene, will bring us up to date with Army versus Amateurs in Thailand. Now, Peter retired as a director at the IARU Region 3 Triennial Conference in Bali late last year. It can happen to anybody. You forget to renew your licence and it lapses. And when you ask the ACMA, they tell you that you'll need a WIA call sign recommendation first before you can make a new licence application. So how does this work? Although the ACMA sends licence renewal notices, that's not an obligation under the Radio Communications Act. 
the ACMA sends the notice as a courtesy. But if the renewal notice doesn't arrive for some reason, it's still your responsibility to renew on time. In fact, it's always the licensee's responsibility to ensure that a licence is current. So check, do you know your licence expiry date and are your address details correct? What about your call sign? Well, your call sign needs to be protected too if you're attached to it. An allocated call sign indicates that you hold a valid licence, but if your licence lapses and is not renewed, your call sign is released and will be put on the WIA public list 60 days after the lapse date. So it becomes available for reallocation. After seven days, the WIA will issue a call sign recommendation to whoever wants it, with ballot provisions applying to a two-letter call sign in some states. So the message is, if you don't want to fight to get your call back, keep your licence current. Full information about the process and the forms needed can be found on the WIA website. Search for All About Call Signs and New Licence or Expired Licence or Reclaiming a Former Call Sign. The WIA website is at www.wia.org.au and the search box is your friend. What use is an F-call? You purchased a shiny new radio and it's all you imagined and it works great and you're over the moon with your purchase and you're raring to go. But you find yourself constantly typing in the frequencies or twiddling the VFO to change repeaters. As a last ditch attempt, you've got out the manual and you're busily typing in each repeater, one at a time. And then when you've finally done it, you hit the wrong button and you have to start again. Only 22 repeaters more to go. Does this sound familiar? If it doesn't, then we should talk. You really should be programming in all your local repeaters, and better still, all the national ones as well. I know that some radios don't have enough channels for all of that, but I must confess that this limitation is becoming less and less. So, if you should do all that, and you really don't want to manually do all of that work, how do you actually get all the frequencies into your gear without going insane? You could clone a radio from a friend. They'll need to have the same radio as you do, and the radio will need to support a clone mode. But, in essence, you make a copy of the settings of their radio into yours. This does require a cable, a friend, and two of the same radio, and it requires that they have programmed their radio. That's a lot of requirements. Friends are hard to come by at times, and lazy ones are often close at hand, so likely you'll be the one supplying your frequency list to them rather than the other way around. Instead of all that, I'd like to point you at a piece of brilliant open-source software that runs on Linux, OS X and Windows and has a pretty good chance of making able to program your radio. It's called Chirp, Charlie Hotel India Romeo Papa. The list of radios is extensive and increases regularly. You'll still need a programming cable, which will start a whole discussion about which one. It'll also head you down the slippery dip of cheap knockoff cables with fraudulent driver chips, so beware when you start hunting for the cable for your radio. Get cracking. No excuse to have your radio sit on one repeater for the rest of its life. I'm Ono, a Victor Kilo 6 Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Hopefully, by the conclusion of today's news, we will be able to report on legal moves re the 50-54 megahertz dispute in Thailand. 
LED light bulbs. Electromagnetic interference tests. The Swedish National Amateur Radio Society, SSA, reports that December 2015 measurements were taken of the RF interference generated by 11 types of LED lamps. Only one 38-23717 exceeded the EN55015 limit. This has been reported to their safety board. The 2016 AMSAT Space Symposium will be held aboard a commercial cruise ship departing from the port of Galveston, Texas. Sail dates are November 10-14 to aboard the Carnival Liberty. Galveston is conveniently located near Houston, Texas, with access from both the George Bush Intercontinental Airport and the Houston Hobby Airport. The cruise will embark on Thursday afternoon and return on the following Monday morning with two full days at sea and one day in the port of Cozumel, Mexico. Symposium presentations and meetings will be conducted during the days at sea to allow free time during the stop in Mexico. The Aris US team is thrilled to announce that it has received a $5,000 grant from the Yasmi Foundation. Awarded to support the development of the power converters needed as a part of an extensive upgrade to the entire ARIS radio system on board the International Space Station. Ward Silver, November Zero Alpha X-Ray, president of the Yasmi Foundation, said the Yasmi board decided to support ARIS, in part as a catalyst for individuals and other groups to follow suit by donating to the radio system cause. UK astronaut Tim Peake, Kilo Golf 5 Bravo Victor India notes death of space oddities Major Tom. In his Twitter feed, UK ESA astronaut and ISS crew member Tim Peake, Kilo Golf 5 Bravo Victor India has noted the passing of rock legend David Bowie, whose 1969 hit single Space Oddity was covered in space by Canadian astronaut Chris Hadfield, Victor Alpha 3, Oscar Oscar Golf, slash Kilo Charlie 5 Romeo November Juliet. Chris Hadfield also remarked on Bowie's death on January 10. In the sombre space oddity, Bowie assumes the character of astronaut Major Tom in the song's narrative. The song tells of the tale of Major Tom the astronaut who becomes stranded in space. During his 2012-2013 duty tour on the ISS, Hadfield's rendition of space oddity, performed as he floated in microgravity on board the ISS, and uploaded to YouTube became a hit in its own right. In addition to being the first hitmaker in space, Hadfield was also the first Canadian to become ISS commander. After the news of Boeing's passing, Hadfield joined Peak and the European Space Agency, ESA, in paying tribute to Bowie on Twitter. Rest in peace, Starman, Hadfield tweeted. The stars look very different today, the ESA remarked in retweeting Peak's message which was accompanied by the lyrics from Space Oddity. Later in this bulletin, during Special Interest Group News with Brian VK3 Golf Romeo, more on Tim Peak. Also still to come, and not stealing Felix VK4FUQ's thunder, there are some strange call signs abounding the ether. Usually, it's all in how we pronounce them. Take Kilo Charlie Zero Whiskey, for instance, or K-Cow. Tim Callis, K-Cow has announced the All-CW Cows Over the World de-expeditions for 2016. All call sign suffixes will contain Charlie Oscar Whiskey. The schedule includes American Samoa, Samoa, Tokelau, Solomon Islands, Tomotu Province and Bangladesh. He may add Nepal and Bhutan. There will be no time frame for operation for each entity. 
The determining factor will be when the pile-ups die down, it's time for the cows to move on. Or should that be move on? Dallas said he had spent months researching the absolute best DXing locations for each island and for Bangladesh. He secured all but Tokaloo. This will be the only de-expedition that I'm aware of in which the operator will operate from separate sides of the islands, he said. The Minnesota DXer pointed out that the west and east coasts of South Pacific Islands are separated by mountains, and we all know how much mountains attenuate HF signals. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1 WIA. This is WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, with a call for final logs for the summer VHF-EHF field day, held over the 9th and 10th of January. Judging from the chatter across the internet, many operators had a busy time of it, while some others experienced quiet conditions. Whatever it was for you, now is the time to submit your logs, folks. The deadline is midnight, Monday, 25th January, the day before Australia Day. May I suggest you do it before you start planning your barbecue menu and shopping for your lamb chops or silken tofu. Get those logs in, people. You never know what might happen. Gee, way back when, with a newly minted licence, I entered the John Moyle Memorial National Field Day. VHF only, 6 metres and 2 metres. And I won the VK3 section. It was the first time it had ever been done. I still have the certificate, signed by Max Hull. Yes, that Hull family. And Keith Roger, who now has a competition named after him. A totally unexpected result. It was my first field day, and I just entered for the fun of it. So, if you participated in the summer VHF-UHF field day and handed out a few serial numbers, it does not matter if you had just one contact, four contacts, ten contacts, or a hundred. Write up a log and submit it. If you made a small number of contacts, you can prepare a log with nothing more than a text editor. It's not hard these days. Guidance is on the WIA website on the VHF UHF Field Days page under Contests. You can submit an electronic log using the Log Upload facility on that page. Logs uploaded after 2400 Eastern Daylight Saving Time will not be submitted. For those few remaining souls who feel compelled to send a paper log, you need to do it this week. However, if you missed the post, you can still fax your paper log to 03-9729-7325, ensuring that you send it before 2400 EDST on Monday, 25th January. So, one contact, ten contacts or a hundred. Submit that log. Get cracking. This is WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational news on Felix, VK4FUQ2016. January, Friday the 1st to Sunday 31st, WIA Ross Hull Memorial VHF UHF contest is now half over. WIA John Moyle Field Day, 1920 March 2016. Harry Angel 80 metre sprint, WIA Provisional Day, Saturday 7th of May. 1010 International Summer Contest, August 6 and 7. Remembrance to Radio Contest, August 13 and 14. 36 Dolara Contest is on the last four weekend of August, August 27 and 28. Best Fist nominations due. Ray Seufer. W2RS would like to thank all who participated in the NAMSAT Straight Keynote on Oscar 2016. If you haven't already done so, 
please take a moment to nominate someone you worked for Best Fist. You and nominee need not have had the Best Fist of those you heard, only of those you worked. Awards. This year, the VK5 National and Conservation Parks Award celebrates its fourth birthday. And this year in April, the annual activation weekend will take place again to celebrate the fourth anniversary. The special activation weekend for the VK5 Parks Award will be held on Saturday the 2nd and Sunday the 3rd of April 2016. This is a very popular event. Last year a total of 41 amateurs took part and there were a total of 111 South Australian park activations. Of those, 81 were unique parks. And later in the year, in November, the annual VKFF Activation Weekend for the Worldwide Flora and Fauna WWFF program will be held. The dates for that weekend are Saturday the 26th and Sunday the 27th of November 2016. Last year's inaugural VKFF Activation Weekend saw 51 amateurs venture out to activate 77 unique parks all across Australia. There were over 3,200 QSOs made over the two-day period. So please think about participating again this year in both events, either as an activator or a hunter. If you do intend to activate a park for either of these two events, please drop a quick email to VK5PAS, that's VK5PapaAlphaSierra, at wia.org.au. A spreadsheet will be maintained for both of these events. Again, the dates for the VK5 Parks Anniversary Weekend are Saturday the 2nd of April and Sunday the 3rd of April 2016. And the dates for the VKFF Activation Weekend are Saturday the 26th and Sunday the 27th of November 2016. For more information on the VK5 National and Conservation Parks Award, please check out the website at vk5parks.com. That's vk5parks.com. And for more information on the Worldwide Flora and Fauna Program, please have a look at wffaustralia.com. wffaustralia.com. Thanks for listening and best 73. I'm Paul, VK5, Papa Alpha, Sierra. Gare Green for St. Patrick's Day Award. We are not sure who is running this award. The email requesting some publicity did come from an RSGB address, so probably that's society. Whoever they are, they told WIA News that we are encouraging amateurs worldwide to get on air and go green for St. Patrick's Day on the 17th of March with the annual St. Patrick's Day Award. The sole aim of this one-day award is to enjoy the festivities and connect with other stations across the world. This is the third year that we have run the award, which is open to everyone in the amateur community. Register a station for the day. Go to the link in the world's best ham radio news service, www.wia.org.au. Special event stations, DX, Beacon, Repeater and Net Advice. Well, that was a cow of a call sign that Jason mentioned a few minutes ago, but how is this for a call sign? A 10-character call sign. 3Z6DOBRZEN. Look for Polish Special Event Station 3Z6DOBRZEN through until January 31. The station is operated by members of the Shortwave Radio Club, SP6PAZ. They are celebrating the 5th anniversary of Shortwave Radio activities as part of the Dorbizen Wajdki District Cultural Centre. Find the station on HF and VHF bands using CWSSB and digital modes. 
send QSLs via SP6PAZ only, Bureau or Direct. And speaking of special call signs, AX prefix on Australia's National Day. The Australian Communications and Media Authority automatically allows all radio amateurs in VK to substitute their normal VK call sign prefix with the letters AX every Australia Day. Our National Day this year falls on Tuesday, January 26. The AX prefix is popular among prefix hunters and others. The use of a special QSL card is encouraged by the Wireless Institute of Australia. And what is arguably one of the most confusing call signs I've stumbled across will be operating in May from Dog Island. The call, K510. Or in our lingo, K, figure 5, letters T-E-N. Dog Island is IOTA reference NA085. And Bruce, K5TEN, will once again be active from Dog between May the 14th and the 21st. Activity will be on 80 to 6 metres using CWSSPN, possibly RITI, PSK31 and JT65A. QSL virus home call sign, direct or by the Bureau. V31YN from Belize to the 21st of February. CW and RITI on 160 to 10 metres with participation in the CQWW160 metre CQWPX RITI and AWLDXCW contests. You may QSL via the Bureau. I'm Felix VK4FUQ in Ingham, leaving you with a word from Andrew VK6AS, who has been doing a little reading in the media over the Christmas New Year period, and asked the question, Will you consider remote operation if your club is able to provide the kit? In a short article by John Gould, G3WKL, the President of the Radio Society of Great Britain, in their latest issue of their Radcom magazine, he points out that UK hams have the same issues that we have increasing noise levels and problems with shahs and councils objecting to antennas being erected. He also confirms the widely held view that attracting and retaining people in the hobby is a problem not just because of regulation, but also because of the costs of erecting a really good antenna system, even if it is home-brewed. The RSGB solution is innovative. Instead of ignoring the internet, they're embracing it to encourage the remote revolution. No, this isn't removing the RF side of the hobby, as detractors of Echolink and the like wish to complain. This is just to use the net to gain access to antennas. Well, what's new about this? Many of us are doing remote control. Where the RSGB is revolutionary is that it's using its breadth of expertise to liaise with the regulator Ofcom, their equivalent of the ACMA, and more so asking clubs to apply for funds from their legacy charitable support fund to develop remote stations for their members. This is Andrew, Victor Kilo 6, Alpha Sierra. Following up here, Andrew has said that this would be a great approach from our WIA, but would need significant changes for it to occur. Hopefully, Andrew will set out for the WIA his thoughts on how it may be achieved. But back to the UK and a follow-up to the use of internet from the RSGV, says the Amateur Radio Observation Service, in conjunction with their Emerging Technology Coordination Committee, has noted a number of examples of UK amateurs operating internet-linked nodes that are carrying third-party traffic. They'd like to draw attention to the requirements of their knobs to the amateur's licence under these circumstances. Guidance for the use of personal hotspots, crossband repeaters or other similar installations can be found in Section 10 of their UK amateur licence. Hi, I'm Brian, VK3GR, with worldwide special interest group news this week, beginning at Final Frontier. The BBC reports that Sandringham School in St Albans has made history by making the first amateur radio call from the UK to a British astronaut on the space station. Year 10 pupil Jessica Lee, M6LPJ, who has recently passed her amateur radio exam, 
led the contact. Hello, Golf Bravo 1, Sierra Alpha, no doubt, but this is Golf Bravo 1, Sierra, Sierra, on Charlie 6, I read you loud and clear, over. GB1SS from GB1SAN, great to hear you, Tim. This is Jessica, Mike 6, Lima, Papa Juliet, from Sellingham School in St. Albans. Are you ready for your first question? Over. Hi, I'm Hugo. What do you think Isaac Newton would say if they used the name of your mission was based on his book? Over. Hi Hugo, I think uh, I'd like to think that Isaac Newton would be honoured that uh, Principia was chosen as a mission name in honour of his life's work and uh, you know his understanding of physics and the universe, which all of our knowledge has been built upon. Jessica called it an amazing experience to be talking to somebody 400 kilometres above her, but said the significance of the day's event had yet to sink in. When I get home, I'll be completely shocked. Still aboard the ISS, look out for SSTV activity this weekend. The Aris Russia team is planning to support a couple of slow-scan television events in the next few months on 145.800 MHz FM. The first session is being targeted for Saturday, January 16, to celebrate 15 years of ARIS school contacts with the ISS crew. The SSTV mode will be PD120, which should allow for the opportunity to receive more images in a single pass than the mode used previously. Check the ARIS SSTV blog for updates and additional information as it becomes available. Now to Rescue Radio. The West Bengal Radio Club in India is providing logistical help during a religious festival on Sagar Island, mainly for lost children, as part of their emergency communications training. On the Bay of Bengal continental shelf, the island is a famous place for Hindu pilgrims, attracting hundreds of thousands from all over India each January, and it includes a holy river dip and prayer offerings at a temple. It marks the beginning of the northward movement of the sun. West Bengal Radio Club, having been involved with this for years, uses call sign 8T5GSM. A radio display in Cardwell has a counter-disaster theme. The Tablelands Radio Group will be putting on a display of radio equipment at the Cardwell Bush Telegraph Heritage Centre on Saturday the 13th of February from 9am until around midday. The display, originally devised by the Bush Telegraph Committee and assisted by the TRG, aims to raise awareness of the vital role radio plays in helping and informing communities during dire times. So if you are in Cardwell on the 13th of Feb, make sure you drop in and see the display and meet the TRG and Heritage Centre volunteers. And now to summits on the air. VK1 SOTA celebrates the third anniversary of SOTA on 1st of Feb 2016, this Sunday 31st of January with a barbecue at Mount Stromlo, that's VK1 AC043. The barbecue is being organised by Andrew VK1AD. All VK1 and nearby VK2 amateur radio operators are most welcome. The VK1 Soda crew has plans to activate Mount Stromlo on HF, VHF and UHF bands, celebrating three years of soda in the nation's capital. Now to lowdown. Christmas Eve transmission from SAQ generated lots of reports. The ARRL reports that the 2015 Christmas Eve transmission from SAQ, the Alexanderson Alternator Station at the World Heritage Site in Sweden, elicited more than 350 reports, according to preliminary accounting, many of them from HAMS. 
SAQ transmits on 17.2 kHz. The lion's share of reports, nearly 160, came from Germany. Listeners in the US numbered about five, indicating they actually heard SAQ. The vintage radio station began its holiday transmissions in 2006. Dating from the 1920s, Alexanderson Alternator, essentially an AC alternator run at extremely high speeds, can put out over 200 kilowatts, but typically is operated at less than one-half that power level. And that's all the Worldwide Special Interest Group news I have this week. I'm Brian, VK3GR, signing off. Now, as promised, it's the final final. To Jason, VK2LAW, our international reporter. Fight over six-metre band continues in Thailand. Access by amateur radio to the 50 to 54 megahertz band took another step with the Royal Thai Army filing a lawsuit against the National Broadcasting and Telecommunication Commission, NBTC, over its proposal. Currently, the Army has the band and does not want to share it with amateur radio, despite a sharing arrangement being viable. The International Telecommunications Union has defined 50 to 54 megahertz as the standard band for amateur radio. A new MBTC regulation followed several years of dialogue between it and the Royal Amateur Radio Society, RAST, as well as a series of public hearings, including one attended by IARU Region 3 Director Peter Lake, Zulu Lima 2 Alpha Zulu. RAST reported at the IARU Region 3 conference in Bali late in 2015 that it had successfully expanded the 2 metre band, introduced the 70 centimetre band and permitted novice access to 28 megahertz. However, the Thai military is still opposing amateur radio access to the 6 metre band. Now, whether the matter goes to court is problematic and RAST hopes the matter can be resolved soon so that amateur radio in Thailand can use that band in the future. Social Scene 2016 as we finalise the WIA National News for the week. January 22-26 to in VK4, it's the Townsville Amateur Radio Club's Australia Day Long Weekend Family Radio Camp. It's being held at Blue Water at the Girl Guides campsite. Till next week, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.